0: Two, um, I was going to move on to other parts of prophecy, but it's just like God said, wait a minute, I want you to go over this. And um, in Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, we find that Daniel comes and interprets two visions that are given. And in Daniel chapter 2, and again, tonight we're just going to mention these things. If you have a further interest in it, you'll want to go back and read over Daniel chapter 2 and get the details and Daniel chapter 7. But um, these are very, very important in seeing that God is the author, he is the ruler of nations, and he is in control. And the reality and understanding that um, mankind thinks he's raising up this great work and doing this great thing, but God is the one that raises up, and God is the one that puts down. Beginning in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 31... You, we begin and we notice that um, Daniel is speaking to the king. He says, Thou, O king, sawst, and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereof was terrible. And now he's giving the, the picture of this image. The image head was of fine gold, and his breast and his arms were of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, "...and his legs of iron, his feet part of iron and part of clay. Thou sawst till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon his feet that were iron and clay, and brake them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold broken to pieces together and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors." And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone that smote the image became a great mountain and filled the whole earth. Then, beginning in verse 36, he begins giving the interpretation. This is the dream that we will tell the interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, for the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom Power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beast of the field and the fowls of heaven, hath he given into thine hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So he's identifying. He's speaking to the king of Babylon. He says, you are the head of gold. And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee, and another kingdom, Third kingdom of brass, which shall bear rule over all the earth, and the fourth kingdom shall be strong as iron, for as much as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these things shall it break in pieces and bruise. And whereas thou sawest the feet and the toes, part of the potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it the strength of the iron, forasmuch as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay. And the toes of the feet were part of iron, part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron does not mix with clay." And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. For as much as thou sawest that the stone was cut out of the mountain without hands, and that it break in pieces the iron, the brass, the clay, the silver, and the gold, the great God hath made known to the king what shall come to pass hereafter, and the dream is certain, and the interpretation thereof. Now, we'll come back and talk about this in a little bit. Turn to Daniel chapter 7. Daniel chapter 7. Daniel, we're just going to jump into this, Daniel gives his interpretation of this vision of four great beasts. Now, Daniel chapter 2 presents man's view of these kingdoms, gold, silver, brass, iron, and then iron and mixed with clay. Daniel chapter 7 presents God's view, much different views. Um, And in Daniel chapter 7, we read, beginning in verse 17, and again, you'll want to go back and read uh, the, the whole context. He said, These great beasts, which are four, are four kings which arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his head and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes, and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellow, I beheld the same horn made war with the saints, and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came, and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, And the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first And he shall subdue the three kings, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time, and the times, and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, and they shall take away his dominion, to consume and destroy it unto the end. And the kingdom... And dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominion shall serve and obey him. Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cognitions much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart." We're we're just catching the end of his wrap-up of the interpretation of this. But I want to go through and show you Daniel chapter 2, Daniel chapter 7, man's view, God's view, and what kingdoms they identify. In Daniel chapter 2, the first kingdom was gold. In Daniel chapter 7, the first kingdom was a lion that had wings as eagles. You can go back and read that in Daniel chapter 7. We read in Daniel chapter 2, this is reference to Babylon, that uh, in history the Babylonian Empire um, began the times of the Gentiles, so to speak. The second image in Daniel chapter 2 was silver. In Daniel chapter 7, it is a bear. And the kingdom is reference as we look back in history, is a reference to the Media Persia, the Persian Empire, which replaced the Babylonian Empire in 539 B.C. If you want the figures or more information, we can get that to you. In Daniel chapter 2, then there is the brass. The brass is parallel with the image in Daniel chapter 7 of the leopard, the beast that is represented here. And this is then represented of the kingdom of Greece, Alexander the Great, from 334 to 331 B.C. And then the fourth kingdom is iron, and it's represented by a beast. It is the Roman Empire. Now, it mentions one other kingdom here. It says it's mixed with iron and clay. It has ten horns, Daniel chapter 7 says. And this is the revived Roman Empire, which will be made up. We read, out of this there rises a little horn, which is the Antichrist. It says he makes war with the saints We read that. You can go back and read it again. It's a direct reference to to the Antichrist. And um, it says then that this stone that was cut out without man, the stone which the builders rejected, Jesus Christ, will come and smash the iron and the clay and will set up the kingdom of God. Turn back to Daniel chapter 2. Now, all of this was given to Daniel. This isn't something that we make up and we dream up. This was given to Daniel. He then gave this. And now we look at history. Yes, there was the gold and the lion and a Babylonian kingdom. There was the silver and the bear and the Persian kingdom. There was the brass and the the leopard, and the Alexander the Great, the Grecian kingdom. We can look and and see all this, but we also see that there is a kingdom that has not been raised up out of the revived Roman Empire, and we'll get into this in more detail when we get further in prophecy, but um, that is raised up, and out of it will come Antichrist, and then God will bring his kingdom. Notice if you would look in Daniel chapter 2 and verse 44. We want to look at some traits about the kingdom of God. And in the days of these kings shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom which shall never be destroyed. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and consume all these kingdoms, and it shall stand forever. Notice about the kingdom of God. God is going to set up his kingdom. There's been these kingdoms of man, but God is going to set up his kingdom. Number one, it is from heaven. In the days of these kings, shall the God of heaven set up a kingdom. Number two, It shall never be destroyed, the next phrase in verse 44. It shall never be destroyed. Number three, it conquers all. And the kingdom shall not be left to other people. Every other kingdom that has ever been established in mankind history has been left to other people. This kingdom will not be left to other people, but it shall break in pieces and shall consume these kingdoms, it conquers all and it shall stand forever, meaning it is everlasting. Now, you might say, ah, this is a lot of gobbledygook in my mind. Well, there's a number of things that that ought to stand out to us from this. Number one, history, is his story God is not leaning over the banisters of heaven thinking wonder what man's going to do I wonder wonder what they're going to do next God raises up kingdoms and he puts down kingdoms and there will be in, in the European Union and the revived Roman Empire, which it will be made up of countries in that area, there is already the, the workings for all of this to come together. And from that, Antichrist will rise up, as we've mentioned before, and, and will be a world leader. And as we read here in Daniel 2, he will make war with the saints and literally makes war with the saints, but God's kingdom is coming and he will conquer all and he will set up an everlasting kingdom. And so it, it ought to it ought to number one make us realize okay, history is God's story. God is in control. And rejoice in this Everything ends well in Christ. I mean, hey, it matters how it ends, doesn't it? I mean, do the Atlanta Falcons say, hey, we led that football game all but 18 seconds. Do they say that? No, it doesn't matter how long you led the Super Bowl and were in the lead. It ended that they lost. And everything ends well. God is in control. There have been kingdoms raised up, and God puts them down and raises up others. And and the day is coming. He is bringing his kingdom, and it will be raised up, and it will be everlasting. And everything ends well in Christ. It doesn't end well if you're not in Christ. The key is in Christ. So, as Christians, it should be cause for rejoicing. You know, we're we're kind of in a dilemma. We need to stand for right and stand for truth. And yet, at the same time, a lot of this that is happening, the bad that we see that is happening in our world, is instrumental to help bring in the global government The one world religion, the atmosphere for Antichrist, and so on. But as believers, number one, we know how it ends. Number two, we're saved from the wrath to come that we'll be getting in and looking at the tribulation period, the period of God's wrath. And so we know how it ends. It ends good. We're saved from the wrath to come. We should be rejoicing. Why should I fear? Jesus is near. Why should I fear? God wins. Why should I fear? He'll give me the grace. Why should I fear? We don't need to fear. And so we see these these snapshots if you please from Daniel and and they give us man's view isn't man's view different than God's? Gold, silver, you know, brass. God's view is these vicious Beasts that devour, you know and 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 God sees what the kingdoms are, but we understand there is coming a kingdom that conquers all and everything ends well in Christ. and we have every reason to rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again, I say rejoice. So, we should have a marked difference to people that don't know Christ. We should understand, hey, I know how this is going to end. And have a marked difference in understanding, yeah, I see the the revived Roman Empire coming together. I mean things are falling apart so desperately in Europe right now that um, it is right for someone coming in and and promising to make things right and so we see that and we see wow these are things that have already been prophesied God is in control it ends well so I am going to rejoice and really, You know, sometimes we need to take a step back from the problems that we have in life. And I'm not minimizing the problems that we have in life. But in the grand scope of things, it will be worth it all when we see Christ. One glimpse of His dear face, all sorrow will erase. So bravely run the race till we see Christ. So... Um, I'd encourage you to, to get in and and read these chapters and see for yourself, and then to step back and see the big picture and to rejoice. See, at the same time, we're rejoicing, but we're crying out for a working of revival. We're understanding the end, but we're here to be a light and a testimony And to point others to Christ so that in Christ it can end well for them. It does not end well for everyone. It ends well for those that are in Christ. So we want to go and have our time of prayer for our land and cry out to God.